0: Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up.
1: Hey, really glad you're with us for the Thursday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. Hey, remember yesterday when we had two good martinis? Yeah, that was fun. Uh, Yeah, we got none of those today. Uh, We do have uh, two bad martinis and a crazy. And Jim, we start with a follow-up to a story we did earlier in the week. And the earlier story was that... uh, About 10 classified documents were found at the Biden-U-Penn Center that he had here in Washington. Uh, And the White House has uh, said that it's fully cooperating. And now we know that there are classified documents in another location. This was uh, released this morning from... Richard Sauber, special counsel to the president, Uh, lawyers discovered among personal and political papers a small number of additional Obama-Biden administration records with classified markings. All but one of these documents were found in storage space in the president's Wilmington residence garage. One document consisting of one page was discovered among stored materials in an adjacent room. No documents were found in the Rehoboth Beach residence. And so... Uh, Jim, uh, some folks, of course, uh, on the right, I think uh, some members of the new Republican-controlled House are planning to dig into this quite extensively. Some see this as a drip, drip, drip. Uh, The Democrats, of course, say this is completely different than the Trump situation at Mar-a-Lago. And the fact that the president is cooperating and claims that he had no idea that this was the case uh, means that it's a vastly different situation and there's no smoke or fire here. So uh, what do you make of this latest revelation?
0: Well, Greg, I guess the first thing I should address is apparently when we talked about this earlier this week, according to somebody on Twitter, I used the words that this is exactly the same. And this r- listener, first of all, this listener thought you said it and gave you some grief about it, which, you know, <clears throat> you shouldn't get. So, okay, no, it's not exactly the same. I'm speaking off the cuff. Sometimes words come out not quite the way you intend. No, it's not exactly the same. But as of that uh, moment, we had both a former president and a former vice president who both had classified documents in their private offices that they were not supposed to have all classified materials supposed to be returned to the government and sent off to the National Archives when a president or vice president leaves office. Now, was there more at Trump's? Yes. Is there more indication that he had resisted giving it back when the government asked for it? Yes. Is there evidence that he was, you know, there was a less than fully accurate full accounting? Yes. So those are differences. But they, you know, both come to the conclusion of, you know, these guys walking out of their offices with documents they're not supposed to keep. And now we've had not one, now not two, but now three separate incidents of this happening with Biden. Now, you know, one of the reactions to this is to ask the fair question, is this a reflection of the problem of overclassification in our highest levels of government? Is there a lot of stuff that gets classified that doesn't really need to be classified? And is there so much of it floating around that it becomes easy for this to get mixed in with non-classified papers? And when everybody's packing up all their desks and packing up all their files to leave at the end of a presidency, does some of this stuff get mixed in? In other words, is this an innocent mistake on the part of Biden? Probably. But they're piling up the innocent mistakes and the contrast with, uh, with Trump is getting less and less clear. And what is likely to happen, my understanding is that we're going to hear from Merrick Garland later this afternoon. I hope he does not dust off the draft of James Comey. <laughs> the Well, Hillary Clinton didn't mean to you know, break the law or we wouldn't be able to prove that she meant to break the law. She may have just set up a separate email system that kept her off of the official records and kept her stuff free from FOIA and everything else. That might have all and was, you know, not secure for handling classified information. She just did it by accident. She didn't realize she was doing anything wrong. You know, maybe we'll get more of that from Garland. Or maybe he'll say, you know what, I'm turning this all over to special counsel. I'll let them dr- decide. Um, there's a you know U.S. attorney who's playing a role in this who was appointed by Trump, which I think is good. You want to get buy-in from both sides as much as possible. We'll see how this shakes out. But this does indicate that actually maybe there is a whole lot of classified information running around that a lot of people can easily put into the rest of their papers and end up getting lost and sitting in closets or garages or God knows where else in there post-presidential or vice-presidential residences.
1: The curious thing for me here and the uh, President's Special Counsel says that they found these initial documents at the Biden Center in early November 2022 that triggered a search of everywhere else and that search is now complete and this is the only other thing they found so he's essentially saying here don't expect to find any other revelations. The question is why they were going through this stuff in in the first place, Jim. I don't know if they're Preparing for Jim Jordan or, or what's going on here? I was just curious that they're digging through all this stuff in, in the garage and the offices and whether they just happened to stumble across something or whether there's a reason they were going through all this stuff.
0: Well, also, for the other thing that kind of jumps out about this is that, according to the initial reports, this was discovered uh, about a week before the election. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, would this have shifted the outcome of the results of any of the midterm elections? I, I don't know. It certainly would have eaten up a news cycle or two and it would have looked bad for Biden and it would have probably fired up Republicans and who knows maybe it would have and the, des- the decision to say well we're not going to release this because it could hurt the you know no one has said it you know we're not releasing it because it could affect the elections but the effort to stay neutral before the elections can often end up as a de facto favor for the incumbent party and not revealing news that is of great public interest.
1: I realize Comey was FBI and Merrick Garland oversees the whole Justice Department, but if he comes out with gee whiz or golly at any point, uh, like you know, <laughs> Jim Comey used to do, pictures of him walking in the forest before his press conference, uh, it's a little too close for comfort. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't miss that guy either. But we'll see what uh, what Garland says. My, uh, my estimation of him is not all that uh, high at this point either. Jim, no good martinis today, but some good news. If you uh, drank a little bit too much over the holidays or maybe you've just gotten into a bad pattern, you can do better with taking care of your liver, and we're happy to tell you how.
0: You know, Greg, I was thinking about it. You and I talk about three martinis a day every weekday, and we've done it for, what, 12 years now? Yeah. If these were actual martinis, we would (laughs) desperately need liver health formula. (laughs) Liver Health Formula contains 12 powerful botanicals that are clinically proven to recharge and protect your liver at the cellular level. It can boost your energy levels and it can kick your natural metabolism into a higher gear.
1: Oh, it gets better than that. You can try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you'll receive free 30-day supply of nano-powered omega-3, and then you'll get four free e-books to support every aspect of your health and longevity regardless of your age. So go to getliverhelp.com martini or call toll-free 800-282-1757 to claim your risk-free supply of Liver Health Formula and all five bonus gifts. That's getliverhelp.com slash martini or call 800-282-1757. All right, Jim. Yesterday, our second martini, which was our second good martini, was that the Biden administration seemed to get the clue when uh, they threw out the idea of maybe we need to ban gas stoves due to this extraordinarily shaky study suggesting that gas stoves are leading to asthmatic children and other health complications. The uh, you'll know, you get my gas stove out of my cold, dead hands, was a pretty good pushback. At first, they tried to say, no, 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 we're not taking anybody's away. Uh, We're just thinking about the future. And then the backlash continued. They're like, "Ah, you know what? Not doing any of that. Not doing any of that. Um, But like we said yesterday, they might try to do that through tax incentives and so forth. So some Democrats can read the room. Others cannot. We have established time and time again that New York Governor Kathy Hochul does not have a ton of political skill. She's an ideologue, and she's going to put her foot on the accelerator on her agenda, regardless of what the backlash might be. And during her State of the State address Tuesday, she is pushing forward. Uh, This is from Bloomberg. Governor Kathy Hochul is proposing to make New York State the first in the U.S. to ban natural gas heating and appliances in new buildings. The latest salvo in an ongoing nationwide fight over the fuel. Hoko called during her State of the State address Tuesday to ban the use of fossil fuels by 2025 for newly built smaller structures and 2028 for larger ones. New York would also prohibit the sale of any new fossil fuel heating systems starting in 2030. So if you've got that hookup in your existing residence, uh, apparently you can't get any new... HVAC systems, for example, starting in 2030. That is a problem. We're not just talking, as as Hot Air's Jazz Shaw points out, about stoves. This would prohibit gas furnaces, water heaters, emergency generators. And so it's, once again, uh, not only do Democrats want to dictate every detail of your life along with their green agenda, Jim, they can't even uh, reverse course, some of them, uh, when the public is pretty clear what they think of your ideas.
0: I was going to say, what We're seeing here is kind of a, a bizarre twist to the whole phenomenon in which they are trying to regulate, you know, details that nobody really thought of as being part of, uh, you know, the traditional duties of government, and they're trying to do it and insist that while they're doing it, they're insisting that they're not doing it. <laughs> it, it, um, I, I was writing about this earlier today, and I'm unfortunately the word that is you know probably best and most accurately and most frequently used to describe this phenomenon when you insist that two plus two equals five and you insist that something you're doing you're not doing is gaslighting which makes you sound like i'm making a pun but i'm not this really is what we're seeing here and you know perhaps the the example that jumped out to me today was a tweet from axios which i generally don't think is that bad as far as mainstream media institutions go but like the tweet today was Despite official insistence that fears of a ban are unfounded, conservatives are suddenly championing gas stoves in a new culture war. Um, by the way, yes, that is my smarmy newsman uh, <laughs> voice. So, but the thing is, is like this all started with a Bloomberg uh, news article interviewing uh, Richard Trumpka Jr. By the way, yes, the son of the union guy, uh, who's on the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, and in the interview he says talking about. this is the, the first three paragraphs of the article right here a federal agency says a ban on gas stoves is on the table amid rising concern about harmful indoor air pollutants emitted by the appliances the u.s consumer product safety commission plans to take action to address the pollution which can cause health and respiratory problems this is a hidden hazard trumpka jr an agency commissioner said in an interview quote any option is on the table products that can't be made safe can be banned now, does he say we are definitely going to do this? No, but he says it is on the table. He says any option is on the table. So when he says things like that, you cannot say, as Axios declares, fears of a ban are unfounded. And it's just kind of, you know, like this, this is, I've never seen Axios just come out and say, hey, this is, you know, uh, this is crazy. I can't believe you do know this. And as you point out, New York wants to do this. They've been arguing about this stuff over in California for a long time. This didn't, you know, on some levels, this didn't come out of nowhere. But they're, Was the the idea? The problem is the U.S. Safety Consumer Product Safety Committee. They regulate nationally. This isn't some you know state agency deciding we're going to do this, or some locality trying to make this kind you know enforce a ban like this. So, Greg, you know, like yes, it's good that we've won the fight, but now we're getting like that um, this bizarre jujitsu sort of move in which the left tries to pretend they never proposed this sort of thing. And that the, you know, conservatives and right-wingers are being paranoid and crazy. No one's talking about taking your guns, you lunatics. We just want to take your guns. <laughs> no it's, one's talking about abolishing the police. It's only the people who want to completely eliminate all funding for the police. No one's saying we're going to eliminate ICE. We just want to end immigration enforcement. You notice this recurring pattern here.
1: Yeah, it's fun. You know, it'd be hard enough to try and memory hole what just happened over the past 48 to 72 hours, but to still be pushing it with one hand while you're trying to retract it with the other. Uh, either Kathy Hochul missed the, the latter memo, or, uh, or these people just aren't honest. And I think I know which one I believe here. I have to say, my grandmother did not have a gas stove. She had three of them, by my estimation. Uh, her breathing seemed to be fine, but she only made it to 96 So, um, you know, uh, clearly, clearly a major health hazard. All right. On to our final martini now, Jim. And just as you talked about yesterday with uh, the left, all of a sudden when nobody had talked about the health dangers of gas stoves being like, well, of course, everybody knows that gas stoves are a huge health hazard. We've got to phase these out. Everybody knows that. And you Luddites, why you're standing in the way? I don't know. And now here we go with more lingo for the left. Of course, you know, there's words that they constantly want to get rid of. And now it's the word field. Yeah, F-I-E-L-D. And I guess field work in in particular. So the University of Southern California is part of this. You wrote about it in the corner. Uh, You say apparently the leadership of USC's Suzanne Dwarak Peck School of Social Work decided to remove the term field from their curriculum and practice and replace it with practicum, declaring, quote, this change supports anti-racist social work practice by replacing language that would be considered anti-black or anti-immigrant in favor of inclusive language. Over in Michigan, they're doing the same thing. Michigan's Department of Health and Human Services is saying it will no longer use the words field worker in agency communications, citing the terms, quote, implication for descendants of enslaved black and brown individuals. Because I guess slaves worked in fields, so therefore the term, Jim, is forever tarnished. And it was only just now that everybody on the left has decided this is obviously the case. So what do you make of, once again, the left going after our words?
0: One, I would love to see the USC uh, Suzanne Dwarak Peck School of Social Work. And we should point out that of all the the faculty, all the, the... different departments in a university, the Department of Social Work is probably going to be amongst those furthest to the left or most progressive. Um, probably the group, It's uh, very hard to believe there are a lot of, you know, conservative professors left and right in the field of social work. So there's nobody around the table to say, eh, guys, I'm not sure we want to do this. But let's, let's assume they have the best of intentions with this. And I'd love to say, show me the, you know, African-American or other member of minority group who really genuinely wants this. Because if they actually genuinely believe, you know, wanted this, maybe it would merit some consideration. My suspicion is that there's no one who actually wants this, or if there's one or two who might be lunatics. They, they really, there are very the average African American, the average Latino, the average minority group has no problem with the free, you know. The, oh, we, you know, we're going into the field, or we're using field, we're doing field work next week. That they, they don't have any actual problem with that because that's what you would describe getting out of the office. And if somebody has some other like better term, fine. Um, unfortunately, you know, the term practicum is not actually like no, nobody uses that word. And I have a you know the, the more difficult you make a vocabulary change, the less likely it is to catch on. Um, but what I thought about earlier today, Greg, is like you know, I, and apparently this is the only term. They, they don't but effectively they're saying they want to ban the word feel.
1: Yeah.
0: and they're kind of vague on other contexts. So um, where Greg, where did the USC you know uh, Trojan football team, where do they practice?
1: I don't know where they practice. They play at the Coliseum, but I don't know where they practice. Yeah, I
0: mean, like, well, I looked it up. It's Brian Kennedy Fit. It, I'm sorry, it's Brian Kennedy Practicum. Uh, you know the the you know uh, if you want to do intramurals, you go to Britain. Fi- I'm sorry, you go to Britain Practicum. That's that's the new name of that one. Soccer team, McAllister Practicum. Uh, you know, track and uh, you can't even call it that. Track and other sports, you got to go to Cromwell, spot. And, uh, you know, baseball, you go to, I believe, Dido is the name. Of it. It's Dido location. It's, you know, which probably a lot of people might think is also a bakery. But Dodo, you know, it's, you can't call it field anymore, because we've decided field is a bad word. Now, Greg, I, this to me, this this whole idea is just out of left place. <laughs> You know, I mean, look, USC already had the scandal of Aunt Becky and her daughter and, you know, people buying their way into it. Yes. you imagine what the critics are going to say now? They're going to have a fit. They're going to have a very busy day. (laughs) You know, I mean, are they they going to take questions about this? Is anybody going to be held accountable? Will they fit? Will they take any questions? (laughs) I, I mean, look, again, I think this is all nonsense. But if they can prove to me that there are people who genuinely believe that they are somehow being harmed by the use of this term, then maybe this is what we have to do so that everybody feels accepted, everybody feels wanted, and that there's a level playing surface for everyone. <laughs> maybe How about F word? Can we just use that?
1: <laughs> I'm guessing there's a few yeah. people using the other one in response to this idea, mm-hmm. but... Uh, Wow. Jim, uh, mockery is perfectly acceptable in this situation, and you've done it perfectly. Hopefully they get the message, but something tells me not real soon. Jim, have an awesome day. See you tomorrow.
0: See you tomorrow,
1: Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus, Radio America. Thanks so much for being with us today. Do subscribe to the podcast if you don't already, and please tell a friend about us as well. Thanks so much for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Please keep those coming. Also, um, remember to get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play 3 Martini Lunch podcast. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Thursday. Join us again on Friday for the next 3 Martini Lunch. You, you remember end of season two of Twenty Four when it ended at the Coliseum? Yes. Technically, didn't have any specific connection to USC, but can you imagine like Jack Bauer hunting down leads and it's like, where is he? He's at the uh, he's at the Dodo practicum.
0: What's a practicum? <laughs> I don't have time to explain. <laughs> the other thing I thought about getting into is so. Um, first of all, I guess we call it the grass hockey team now, <laughs> and then finally. You know, imagine what the USC baseball team is like now. Well, we have a lot of good guys, a lot of power hitters who play out in the outer area. Uh, And we have a lot of returning veterans who we think have great uh, ball catching skills in the inner area. (laughs) You know, you can't say outfield, infield, center fielder, right fielder, left fielder. Like, you know. Now, again, they didn't say they can't do this, but, uh, you know, I kind of found that once you decide, we're just not going to we're going to ban that word. We're not just going to use that word. Sorry.
1: How do you get three points in football now
0: with a with a three pointer goal? (laughs) With a kicking goal. That's awesome.
1: All right. See you tomorrow.
0: All right. Good segment. Talk to you. See ya. Bye.